Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Latrobe Valley, Australia, with my new friend Tegan Dawson of the Haunted Hills podcast. Tegan has lived in this area for most of her life and loves how it's an intriguing place to escape while having access to wonderful restaurants, outdoor activities, all within a short drive. In this episode, we talk about the rainforest of the Terrabilga National Park, the gold mining town of Wahala, and hiking at the Morwell River Falls Reserve. You hear about these three incredible attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Latrobe. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Tegan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lee, for having me. So I just have to say, every time I have an Australian person on my podcast, I just love your accent. Oh, thank you. Um, We actually love your accents. (laughs) Oh, there we go. It's symbiotic. There we go. It's a nice little tit for tat. So today we're talking about the Latrobe Valley. And honestly, before uh, you reached out to me, I never heard of it. And for those people that maybe they haven't heard of it too, can you tell us a little bit about where the Latrobe Valley is and what's so special about it? Yeah. So the Latrobe Valley is in the southeastern corner of Victoria in a region called Gippsland. It's the heart of it. It started off being just a farming area in the 1800s when people started settling the area. But coal was found at the turn of the century, and they started the electricity generation here in a big way, which put Victoria into a self-sustaining model of energy creation. So that's what we're really well known for. But then that makes people um, forget about the rest of the things that are out here, which there's so much more to us. And industry doesn't usually scream, we travel there. (laughs) So (laughs) its charm hides so many secrets. Well, fantastic. Well, I look forward to hearing all about the Latrobe Valley and all the great things to do there. So let's take a step back and what's your connection to the to the area? So I used to live over the Streslucky Ranges. That's part of what one of the ranges that makes this a valley in a little town called Lingatha. That's my hometown. It's a small, small town of like 4,000 people. I used to know everybody there, but we always knew of the Latrobe Valley and like this is where the main cinema was until I was in grade six. And this is where all the shopping was and theatre that came down from Melbourne, not just amateur theatre. You know, so you had a lot of access to a lot of great things. Plus, our major hospital for the area is here. So I always knew about it. But I worked in community services, helping people, especially um, working with people experiencing homelessness. And our area, we had to rely heavily on private rental. So if you couldn't get that over our way, we had to use the facilities and boarding houses over this way. And so I'd come over here a lot. And then my husband started working in the valley. And yeah, we just loved it. And so we moved across. And housing's really cheap here, which is another great thing. We moved across and we loved it. And I liked being able to be in a spot where I didn't go up the street every day and somebody knew my name. I was able to, you know, have a little bit more anonymity. There we go. It's always nice to be a little incognito sometimes. 
So if, if you had to describe the Latrobe Valley in just a couple words, how would you do that? Resilient is one of them that definitely describes the people here, but it's got a stunning vista. Like I said, one of the ranges is the Streslecki on one side, the south side, and the north side is a great dividing range. And you can even see Mount Borbo from Maui sometimes. And it's just absolutely stunning. And in all those ranges, um, we have a couple of waterfalls. It's just stunning. Like, I would say stunning. I can picture it in my mind right now. I can imagine how beautiful it is. So when people are planning to come to uh, the Latrobe Valley or to Australia, and and maybe they're going to stop by on the way from Melbourne to Sydney or or vice versa, what type of weather is there in the Latrobe Valley? And, and are there certain times of year that are better to visit than others? Yeah, so I would definitely say spring is the best time. We have the four seasons here. It's a temperate climate, so we have spring, summer. We call it autumn, but you call it fall and winter. We don't get snow here during winter, so you can still come during winter. It's just cold and wet, but it's still beautiful all in its own right. But spring, there are wildflowers in the paddocks, waterfalls are full, the bush is buzzing with life. And there are festivals with farmers markets in each of the towns usually run them. There's a Sunday market in Morwell every week. You really meet the locals there. If that's um, one of the things that attracts you to travel is meeting the locals and really understanding them, that's one of those places you'll get there. It's at the old Morwell drive-in that used to be a cinema. Yeah, spring is just gorgeous in the valley. Summer's good too, but um, it's just sometimes we do land up in the line of bushfires. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're recording this in 2020, and obviously earlier this year, there were massive fires that were going all across Australia. Were they affecting you? Only the smoke from those ones, thankfully, because we'd just had bushfires. We had a mine fire in 2014 that was really bad at Morwell. Yeah, but they're going to be fixing up that so it won't happen ever again because they've got to resurface it so it can't get into the coal again. Oh, that's fantastic. So obviously this year we're recording it during the age of coronavirus and hopefully when people are listening to this episode in the future, it won't be a thing. We won't have to worry about it. And also the the festivals and, and other type of annual events will be ongoing. So can we talk a little bit about some of those festivals that, that normally occur throughout the year? Definitely. So in March, which is our fall, there is a little town called Ballara, which is near the Morwell River Falls. There they have this bush music that they play with um, blues and country and all those styles of bands come together and descend on this little town, which has one pub and this gorgeous reserve where there's this walking trail that you can walk all the way into Merbinor. And it's just in the bush. It's absolutely stunning it's surrounded with paddocks and everybody comes there and they sing their little hearts content the town like explodes tenfold its size (laughs) Uh, for those listeners that aren't really familiar with like the terminology can you describe a little bit what the bush is oh right australian bush so it is a rugged um eucalyptus evergreen bush most our australian natives are evergreen So it's, yeah, green. We have a temperate bush, so it's quite cool if you get inside a good bush area because the sun can't quite get through the canopy and it smells really delicious and there's buzzing bees. 
We do have snakes, but you're more likely to come across them if you're in like a river area where they've found a good rock. Yeah, so I'm absolutely petrified of snakes and I rarely see them, but I love like getting out and about. If one gets in the town, it gets caught really quick because <laughs> <laughs> none of us have time for that. Oh, sure. Even up north, I've been there and we haven't really come across any. I did see tracks and that was enough to put me back in the four-wheel drive. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. So what are some of the other festivals that occur that maybe we can stay away from the snakes? Yes. So we have other festivals that occur within the towns. During the springtime through to Christmas, there will be different food festivals where the farmers will come in with their wares. Um, they make wine around here. They make cheese. They make olives. Oh, olives. Oh, my goodness. The olives are so good. Like, I don't understand how they do it down here because we're a temperate climate, but they do, and they pickle them, and they're delicious. They also have every year just before the AFL season goes back, which is our football. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. It's a completely different beast all of its own, but it's definitely something you should check out if you're here. They have a game with the A-League, like the big league from Melbourne. Two of their teams will come down and they'll play on one of our fields. And we have quite a few of them throughout the valley. So they will do at least one game in the valley because um, we're special and they like to look after us. And we're only two hours from Melbourne. So that's one of the things. But like I was saying, if you wanted to see them, they run during the winter time and fall and into spring. So the last games will be at the start of spring. And watching a local game is really cheap. So you just pay $5 entry, maybe 10 depending on the club. And you can hang out with the locals. They'll take you out if they want afterwards to the bars and you get to have a real local experience. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> nice. So uh, let's take a step back for a second. Like we talked about, the Latrobe Valley is kind of like halfway between or, or at least on the way between Sydney and Melbourne. So if people want to come visit you uh, or visit the area, what's the best way to get there? Do we fly into those cities and then drive from there or a train or is there maybe an airport that we fly directly into the Latrobe Valley? So Latrobe Valley does have an airport. It's called Tarelgan Airport, but it only does crop dusting touristy flights. It used to bring in commercial flights from Melbourne. It doesn't really do that anymore. So you would fly into Melbourne, either Tullamarine or Avalon, which is on the other side of Melbourne towards Geelong. And it's a two-hour drive. You can get a shuttle bus into the valley, but I would definitely recommend having a car. A lot of people, like I said, if they get in at Sydney, they will drive the, it's like, I don't know, a 14-hour drive. So they stop along the way make a road trip of it, and we're the last two-hour leg to Melbourne on the Prince's Highway. And so, yeah, a car is really a must here. Like, we do have public transport, but you'll only see the towns, our parks, which are good, and there's, like, walking trails within the towns, and we have really fascinating boutiques where you can buy art that locals have made, you can buy pictures, crafts, and then sometimes they have retro things in their store as well. So, yeah, it just really depends on what you're looking for. So I always like think that it's good if you just have a walk around the main shopping districts of each town to have a look and see what really captures your imagination because there's just so many different types of things. Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for. Say we're renting a car and we're, we're driving up from Melbourne 
as we stop in, in the various cities within the Lucho Valley, parking is, is pretty easy. We don't have to worry about paying for parking or searching around for, for parking because they're probably pretty small towns, right? Yeah, so each of them are about 15,000 people each, which makes up about 70,000 people in the valley. Those are the major towns. There's some really small towns like this gorgeous one on a hill called Yilon North. I just love it to pieces. And it has one of the best museums and you will not pay for parking and you'll probably get the whole parking lot to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's just beautiful. Tarogan is the only town where I would say you would have a little bit of trouble with parking. But if you park at a park and walk along the trails into town, you will have no trouble at all with parking. It's just during the week and the work day that it's busy. During the night, it really lightens up and you can park anywhere. <laughs> oh, good. So let's talk about, obviously, we flew into like Melbourne and we're driving up to the Trove Valley. Where do we stay? Like, Are there major hotel chains? Is it more mom and pops, Airbnb? Like, What should we look for? So there um, are a lot of smaller motels here, um, mom and pop style. There is a Century Inn in Tarelgan, which is gorgeous. I've been there to a couple of functions. Yeah, that's just stunning. We also have service departments. Airbnb is getting a little bit out here, but not as much as our local motels and, um, yeah, the work that they've put into maintaining and upgrading these properties that have been built in the 50s with the idea of housing a lot of workers to help us build Hazelwood Power Station, which is now in the stages of being demolished, as is the law for those power stations, that they have to be returned to what they were before. Okay. You just mentioned, like I think you said service departments. What What is that? Okay, so a service department is like having your own flat that you hire out and somebody else cleans it. You've got cooking facilities. You can make your own meals there or you can take full advantage of all the bars and restaurants and pubs within the valley. There are so many. Yeah, you've got a lot of choice. We have all different types of um, cuisines from like Asian to modern Australian to old English style where they will make you like shepherd's pie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So like a service apartment is kind of like renting like almost like an apartment or uh, like an Airbnb that it's fully furnished, has all the things that you need in it and you can cook there or like if you go to a grocery store or you can choose to eat out. Yep. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And you just mentioned there the modern Australian. And so I, I definitely want to talk about some of the food options so when we're visiting, what's like the like a, a couple of classic meals that we should make sure we have when we're visiting Australia? Well, my husband would be really cranky with me if I didn't say a palmer. <laughs> the chicken palmer is one of the staples of all our Australian pubs. If it doesn't serve a palmer, it's likely it's more a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and that then makes him have to think about what he's going to eat. But a palmer is a chicken schnitzel with pasta sauce on it or some kind of sauce that the the pub might have specialized themselves then you sometimes have ham on it sometimes not but there's definitely always cheese on top that sounds really good (laughs) yeah and it comes with chips and salad or chips and veggies okay there we go so if you had a recommendation for one of these pubs like that where should we go for that well we loved the churchill hotel which is in a town named after Winston Churchill. It even has a cigar 
you might not think it looks like a cigar, but it is the yellow thing that protrudes near the shopping centre there. (laughs) (laughs) And the pub is just behind it. It's been renovated in the last um, 10 years and it's just doing really well and they do really good with their food. They even give you a choice of any flavours on your parma. So you can have a Mexican-style parma, you can have a tropical-style parma. They just blow your mind with the options. (laughs) And they also do really good with um, other foods like for vegetarian. The Valley's getting really quite cosmopolitan with its food choices and catering to everybody because we're only two hours from Melbourne. So, yeah. What else should we should we try while we're there? I mean, obviously, as a tourist, you hear things like trying crocodile or kangaroo, different types of meats like that that you can probably only find in Australia. Is that something that people should look to do or is that something that's uh, kind of like a no-no? Oh, no, yeah, those are fine to do. You will only find those in our really top-line restaurants and it'll usually only be kangaroo, but that's only because of the supply chains we aren't near crocodiles where we are down here. The crocodiles are north in um, Queensland and Northern Territory. So that's where you'll find more meals of crocodiles. And one of my friends actually had crocodile while we were in the Red Centre, which is where Uluru or Ayers Rock is. So it's not a no-no. Yep, we eat our emblem. It's an interesting paradox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we don't eat like bald eagles in the US. So it's it's definitely a, a paradox like you mentioned. Yes. Oh, we don't eat eagle here either. <laughs> <laughs> so what are a couple of the other restaurants we should try while we're visiting the Latour Valley? So I definitely recommend some of those modern cuisine style ones, such as Saltbush in Morwell or Raw Harvest in Newborough. Raw Harvest is uh, run by a nutritionist, so she makes really delicious meals. They do breakfast and lunch and brunch, and you can get your regular egg and bacon style or eggs benedict through to vegetarian gluten-free keto and it's all just so delicious like she can't plate up anything that tastes horrible (laughs) (laughs) nice before we go uh and get into the final countdown i definitely want to talk about some of the other things that we should make sure we do while we're there in Latro valley i think you mentioned a little bit early about the morwell uh, river falls what are what are a couple of other things we should do so there's a place in Maui called Edward Hunter Reserve. It used to um, give the trains water for when they were steam trains. And they've turned it into this gorgeous reserve with fish, birds, picnic areas. And it used to be a swimming hole until the um, local swimming pool was built by the council. Yeah, it's just a stunning, really tranquil place to visit. And that takes up quite a bit of land within Maui. It's got quite a few walking trails there. Then also in Maui, there's this apex park, which is just for family, for kids. It's an all-access park, so kids with disabilities can access a swing. They can um, go along and look at all the things. There's things to touch, things to do. And then you've got your regular park things like the slides and all those kinds of things, and it's on this safe mat, you know, those ones with kind of rubber. And that is in an absolutely stunning spot. From there, you're at the back of the um, Maui Race Club, which also every October has races, although sometimes it gets rained out because 
<laughs> even in spring, our weather is not consistent. But from there, you will have an unobstructed view of Mount Borbor, and it is so stunning. Yeah, so that's definitely the things that I would say to do there. In Morwell, there's this historical walk around Kernot Lake, which has this lovely gazebo that goes over the lake. It has Immigration Park, where they have this mock port coming in at the lake, where it's a reminder of all the people we took in after World War II. Um, we have a very culturally diverse valley with a lot of people from Europe. Yeah, and then there's a historical walk there where you'll find out about the history of the power stations and all of the industry and things like that. There's even a power station museum up on the hill where the old briquette factory used to be. And then, as I always say, if you're here on a Sunday, you have to see the Brown Coal Mine Museum in your lawn north. It is one of the best. It encapsulates this ghost town we have in the valley, which is your lawn. This township that was where the power stations really started and it was built as a company town which is one of the very few in Australia which was run by the SEC and eventually taken away in the 1980s due to the coal beneath its feet but all of its history and that area is all in this amazing museum and the volunteers are just spectacular. Well, that's fascinating yeah I mean it's, it's really cool to, to hear about the ghost stories that, that we'll hear uh, about those towns and and just the like you said the the, the city and the area just really transformed from where it originated as like a, the coal mining and the power and everything like that into something that's more beautiful and the fact that they're even tearing down the power station now and and recognizing that transformation into into the future is is really awesome. So, you know, I've really enjoyed learning all about the Latrobe Valley, and it sounds like such a, a beautiful place to visit. Certainly, if you're going to Melbourne, you should take a couple of days and, and do a little detour and visit the area and just kind of explore that and get away from the metropolitan area of, of Melbourne. So I've really enjoyed learning all about it. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal in the Latrobe Valley, where should they go and what should they eat? I would recommend the Ritz on Hotham. It's a gorgeous little establishment. It's in Tarelgan and on Hotham Street. <laughs> it's modern Australian cuisine. It's a seasonal menu, but you will usually find a steak on it or a risotto, and both will be absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. And those are definitely the things that you want to look out for on their menu. They also are licensed, so they serve drinks, which is brilliant because you can get a vodka lime and soda or a local wine or just beer, whatever it is that captures your fancy. It sounds like a perfect match. So tell me one of your most memorable stories of being in the Latrobe Valley. I used to run tours and I was um, looking at expanding into seeing if it would work to do all four of the local um, waterfalls, which you can do in a day trip, I learned. So there's four waterfalls that are within about a short drive, although if you capture it all into one, it takes about five hours. So there's Narrakan Falls, which is technically not in the Latrobe Valley, and Narrakan Falls is a stunning waterfall that happens inside a paddock. You enter this paddock, there are cows around you, and it's just stunning. I loved it. 
and I had set myself up with drinks, my energy drink, my water, and then um, from there I headed off through to Yanar, which is this other small gorgeous town on the way to Moor River Falls. Neither of those two places had loos, and by the time I got to Yanar, which was only 20 minutes from Narakan Falls, I wasn't needing to go to the loo. So I got to Morwell River Falls, and suddenly I'm busting, and <laughs> there were no toilets there. That was very inconvenient, and I was naughty girl. I had to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, your secret's safe with me. So Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's let's think about happier times, and uh, let's think about where's the happiest happy hour in the Lucho Valley. There's this locals locals pub. It's called Flannos or Flanagans. It's on the corner of Church Street and Argyle Street. I just love it because of its vibe. It has a pool table. It has an outdoor beer garden. It has apple cider on tap, which I love, and. Yeah, the cider for a pint will be cheap for two hours, actually. It's only at a discounted rate. We don't have um, happy hours that make it really, really, really cheap. But yeah, it's great. And the atmosphere there is beautiful. They even have a jukebox. And I've been able to convince people to pick my song instead of whatever they were going to do. So (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) It's so much fun. It sounds like a great place. Yeah, and you get to meet the people and it's just nice. That's yeah. what it's all about. Uh, all about meeting the people. I mean, you can go out and you can go do all these other fun things, but meeting the people and maybe becoming friends, that's the thing that's going to last for, for a lifetime. Exactly. So one of the things I always do whenever I travel is, is check out the local pizza places. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in, in Lutro Valley? The best place for pepperoni pizza. My husband absolutely loves this spot. It's off Bridal Road in Morwell, which is out of your main shopping district area it's kind of starting to get into an industrial area and then residential so you've got industry on one side and residential on another but it's this little gem of a spot bridal road pizza they call it that even though it's off this side street and it is delicious it's the best pepperoni pizza you'll have i can't wait to check it out so obviously you know all about the Lotro valley you've also traveled quite a bit yourself What's your best travel tip? My best travel tip is just slow down and savor. There is nothing better than just taking to the streets and going for a walk with no destination in mind. We've found the most interesting things and just getting to see and feel and get to watch the people is so, I don't know, it just makes you feel like part of the city. And like in Rome, we landed up being there during a transport strike. We'd gone to the Colosseum, but we were staying over near the Vatican, and that's quite a hike. We did it in about three hours. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, trains stopped running, and they actually locked the gates. But through that, we saw different things that we wouldn't have seen. And even in um, Japan, we did the same thing. We got lost, and in this area where English started disappearing from the shops, we were hot and tired and we needed somewhere to go and I found this little place where it was a proper locals shop because there was no English the shopkeeper didn't speak English but they have pictures of the food that they sell and the price so I was like Han we're gonna go in here we're gonna get our bearings we're gonna sit and we're gonna have ice cream (laughs) (laughs) hey ice cream makes everything better 
It did. And also the guy was just so lovely and you felt like you were actually in his house because there's books around you. It was just so cool because like the area that we were in was touristy so it catered to us and we're not big sushi fans. So (laughs) we we were looking at all those kinds of things. So we were missing a lot of that. Whereas when we got lost, we had to experience it and it was beautiful and the people there were just so lovely and it was just so nice. That's the amazing thing. Like to your earlier point, you probably remember that portion of the trip more than any of the other touristy things that you did while you were there. Yes. I don't know, because it's the way people make you feel. And, you know, in touristy spots, they're going to make you feel good or at least try to because they want your money. But when you're out there with the locals, you really get to know the city. Tegan, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing so many different tips for the Joe Valley. Hopefully people will either come there to specifically to, to see uh, everything we talked about or at least do a little side tour when they're when they're visiting Melbourne. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then if somebody has questions about the Latro Valley, where should they reach you on social media? Yep. So I'm Tegan Dawson. I'm the host of Haunted Hills Podcast, where I talk about the history, I'm a complete nerd, and true crime and legends, paranormal, and ghosts of towns. And I started with the Haunted Hills, which is an area in the Latrobe Valley where they hear phantom hoofs tramping along the road and nobody is there. Everybody's tried to give it a legitimate reason, but I spoke to a geologist and he says that noise cannot come from the coal beneath it. So I was totally transformed by the story and also the fact that your lawn is a ghost town and I grew up in a house that came from there oh wow yeah so these two things two major stories of the valley really inspired me to look at it and look at the history the crime and the legends and just tell those stories and I'll also be telling like other stories of small towns that capture my imagination like Roswell New Mexico because aliens and Valissa Iowa where the um, axe murder house is and Portsea Victoria where they lost our prime minister <laughs> oops yeah somebody's gonna get fired for that one so <laughs> <laughs> well it was the ocean so I don't know how you fire the ocean <laughs> <laughs> absolutely again I really appreciate you coming on the show I learned a lot where should people reach you if, if they want to ask questions about your podcast or about Latrobe Valley? So I'm on Facebook, Haunted Hills Pod. I'm on Instagram at Haunted Hills Tours Gippsland. And also on Twitter at Haunt underscore Hills. Or I have a website, hauntedhillstours.com.au. Or you can find me on any podcast platform. <laughs> well, fantastic. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much. I'd love to take you around. What a fun conversation with Tegan. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Latrobe. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to Querétaro, Mexico to speak with my new friend Ray Blakeney of LiveLingua.com. Ray and I talk about the Peña del Bonaro monolith, ancient pyramids that are over 2,000 years old, and Hacienda tours. 
We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.